Okay, so the second portion on the discussion today of the rise of the Islamic sectarian state. I'll try to go a little bit slower and too hyperbolic and, you know, too emotional. But it's a very personal issue on which I speak. I'm not speaking on something that happened far away and had no relationship to me. As a person who was a practitioner of Islam since a teenage to my teenage years, to see the destruction of the most beautiful places uh, that Islam has on earth throughout the Middle East is heartbreaking. To see the people, the masses of people leaving the cities and living out into the in the mountains and having to, to live out in the desert where there's no water, there's no food, there's no medical care. I mean, this is so disheartening. And even worse, it's frightening because it's mentioned specifically in the teachings of Al-Islam and the history and the Sunnah and the recitations of the prophets, Rasulullah that these things would occur during uh, at the time of the Day of Judgment. At the time of the Day of Judgment, that a huge war will will occur and that that many people will hide themselves, literally hide themselves in the mountains. And this is what's spoken about. So let's frame the prob the problem. Okay. Uh, critical mass always critical mass always likes to uh, our job is to hold up the situation to the light and see what shines through. Okay. So the rise of the Islamic State. Now, if you listen to my first, the first one, the first uh, uh, installment of this discussion, um, it's called the quagmire. Okay, anybody who was born after 1995 knows what I mean by the quagmire. Okay, um, but the quagmire has has led to a a logical conclusion, and it, I say that it was logical because it was predicted by many. Analysts, authors, um, just uh, even Malcolm X predicted what was going to happen, which was what what occurred. The rise of a sectarian Islamic state, one that destroys the political balance, the political order that existed in the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. The CIA went through a lot of went to hell to keep the status quo in the Middle East as it was, I mean, that was one of their number one priorities, that the status quo in the Middle East must not change. Syria was made by the CIA. Turkey was made by the CIA. Uh, uh, Lebanon and Israel and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and Yemen and Qatar and Dubai. All these places were in the UAE. All these places, Iraq, Iran, Azerbaijan, all these places were delineated by the powers that be that existed in the United States from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, until now. And why not now? The Islamic Caliphate fell apart and with the swipe of a pen. In 1928, the Islamic Caliphate, the Ottoman Empire 
existed from classical times, from the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. The Ottoman Empire existed all the way into the modern history. And in 1928, the leader of Turkey, who was the leader of the Ottoman, then Ottoman Empire, signed it away into non-existence. And the Islamic State ceased to exist. So there ceased to be an organized authority in the Middle East. This is problematic. Imagine if someone came and they just signed away Washington, D.C. And everything that happened in Washington, D.C. no longer applied to any of the states. I mean, nothing. what would happen would be chaos. Chaos would ensue. And this is exactly what happened in the Middle East when they destroyed the caliphate. Chaos ensued because now people that were living together normally as neighbors were called Shiites and the others. They were called Sunnis, Sunnis, and then they had Lebanese. And now all these people are claiming these different states, which created what you see today. The fragmentation of the Islamic State created fragmented Islamic societies. Let me repeat that concept. The fragmentation of the Islamic State created the fragmented system of Islamic societies that you see today. The ones that they're calling failed states. All these Islamic nations that have existed, some some of them for, for thousands of years. Egypt. Syria. Lebanon. Libya. These cultures existed from the beginning of time. Iraq, Iran. They have fallen into fragmented civil war, uh, displaced countries where there's no government except those people who are dropping the bombs on them, which are the United States and the Russian powers. Fragmentation of Islamic societies into groups of fanatic and ultra-fanatics, as well as an opposite polarity of politically empowered elites and warlords. This is what you have created, Mr. Bush, Mr. Clinton, Mr. Barack Obama, and Mr. Uh, whatever that guy's name is today. These societies still operate as extended families. Often, ancient clans tend to draw support from traditional levels within a given society. So, in other words, when you go and you destroy the government of a country, the only thing they have left are their their racial and their ethnic and their familiar ties, their family ties. For example, in Mexico, Mexico is actually ran by a certain group of families. For example, why uh, El Chapo became so famous because he's actually related to a group of families that tr- that have been working for the CIA, moving drugs for years and years and years. Uh, so in the Middle East, you have the same situation. So when you killed Saddam Hussein and when you killed Muammar Gaddafi and when you destroyed the Yemen, the Yemeni government and when you invaded Somalia and destroyed the, the Somalian system and the government with Black Hawk Down. And when you invaded the Syria and when you invaded Lebanon and when you invaded Iraq and when you invaded Afghanistan, you fractured any system of law and order that could ever 
continue to keep the people at peace. And you left them with nothing but war. These societies still operate as extended families. These families still control. Libya right now is actually being fought over by a group of families. Iraq is being fought over by groups of families. Some that have guns and power and know how to use it, but others that don't. For instance, Syria is governed by the Assads and their extended family and the supporter and supporters whose lots are thrown in with those rather than rather than excuse me, whose lots are thrown in with this rather small minority among the majority Sunni Arab population. Okay. So in Syria, you have a state that's governed by a very small group, minority group. It would kind of like be America, like America being governed by all the, 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 uh, the, uh, the people from Hawaii, the Samoan people. Yeah. Imagine America all of a sudden was taken over by the Samoans. It, it didn't really make sense. It, it, we couldn't imagine the Samoans invading America and literally taking over. Okay. But this is what has happened in Iraq, in Syria. In Syria, Syria has been invaded and taken over by one small group of people that have kept it that way. To the point where now it's, it's in a civil war that Russia and the United States are feeding if they would stop feeding the war, there would be no guns and bombs and bullets and things like this. But they're feeding the war. Why are they doing this? To maintain the, the fractured system. Gas has never been cheaper in America than it is today. Gas is so cheap, it keeps going down further and further. Why? Because Donald Trump stole the oil from Syria, just as the Syrian said. And when he stole the oil from Syria, he guaranteed that gas would be available and gas prices have been going down ever since. And this is one of the reasons why he's still in office to this day. Throughout the regions, Islam stands out as the cultural and geopolitical world. world. Islam is a cultural and geopolitical world with a history that stretches back over a thousand and four hundred years. You're talking about a system that has existed for over a thousand and four hundred years, has ran countries, has ran continents, has ran civilizations, has done far more. And here in America, we've existed for barely a two hundred years, and we think that oh, we have we have the greatest civilization on earth. This is obviously not true. If you have to make war in other countries in order to stay on top, then you are obviously a weak country and your time is limited and coming. Suddenly, none of that matters. State by state, governments have fallen in the Arab Spring. Then the revolutions came and it was the Arab, Revol the Arab Winter, which turned into a lethal set of civil wars that have raged throughout the Middle East, Lebanon, Syria, Turkey, Azerbaijan, Iran, northern Iraq, Mosul, all of these places, uh, Kurdistan, Jordan, Qatar, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, all these nations have been struck, 
have been involved and are currently involved in a destabilization and a breakdown of the entire political system in the Middle East. There's really no such thing as a sectarian war. Every war has its roots in religious fanaticism. That's what gets people out there. But it's not just that. When you know someone's coming to kill you, you have two you have two options. A, you can prepare and make and kill him, kill them, or B, you can become a victim. And in the Middle East, what you see is this is actually both options occurring. Huge populations of people are being displaced. They've lost their homes. They have nowhere to go. They have no food. They have no water. And huge populations of men with AK-47s and guns and missiles and bombs are destroying one another. And then in the name of God, how is this possible? Why is it happening? And how can it be stopped? Will it continue to the point that we actually bomb a nation with a nuclear bomb and instigate an apocalypse? The end of civilization as we know it just because of a Muslim Conflict? Armies of children are sent. Sent by the few remaining old men and political officers. Sent from the world powers to create stability. Quote, quote. To help transition these people to democracy. Quote, quote. And to protect and exploit their natural resources. Not, quote. This is the truth. What's happening is a destabilization. We are raping their land. We are taking their resources. We are destroying their government. And in its stead, we are leaving nothing but death. And it says in the Bible that the last horse shown itself and it came upon, the rider came upon a pale horse and death followed in his, in his path. Iraq. Afghanistan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Iran, Yemen, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, and a boatload. I can keep on naming them. I can keep on naming them. Somalia, Ethiopia, Nigeria, Niger, Mali. I can keep going. I can keep going. These are Islamic societies that have existed since the beginning of mankind, which are being destroyed by a system of military, military uh, weapons with an intent to destroy the active governments and reshape them in a manner in which the white nations can take all of the resources and the Chinese and Asian nations can take the risks of those who do not have nuclear bombs. Therefore, it's only a moment. It's only a, a, a matter of time before somebody drops a nuclear bomb on somebody else. Nations will be in ruins. Populations are displaced, diseased and forgotten, even by longstanding human rights resources and organizations ran by the UN and other world organizations. In their stead are an increasingly militant presence in the, of the great powers, as we call them, Russia, China, 
and the U.S., respectively speaking. The last two regions among global powers are China, the China Sea, and the Arabian Desert, which stretches from Tigris to the Euphrates to the Nile and the Arab Maghreb in North, North Africa. This is certainly where the war will begin. And this is certainly where our civilization will end. The apocalypse is now. If for no other reason than all sides have a tradition amongst their own religion that clearly elaborates whether you're an atheist, whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Muslim, your religion clearly elaborates that, that an hour will come, a final hour will come that is brought upon about by men, by societies who do not stop bad leaders from making horrible decisions. And on this, civilization as we know it will end. Particularly, the Islamic hadiths of the Quran explain to us very detailed what is happening, as well as the Christian apocalypse of St. John of Patmos written in the book of Revelations known as the Apocalypse and other apocryphal writings like the book of Enoch, the book of Josh, long taught and handed down generation after generation for thousands of years until finally they ended in our hands clearly giving a clear explanation of what is going to happen when time comes to an end for human, human beings on earth. And I would just like to end this talk with just a couple of examples, maybe more than, more than two, that come from Islamic sources, but tell a very clear story of what is going to happen. At the end of time, the Rasulullah, the, the Messenger of God, the Prophet of God, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, peace and blessing be upon him and, and his family and those who follow him and those who believe in him and those who follow his ways and his true teachings from the true Quran and the true Sunnah. He said that in the end of time, the hour will not come before good replaces evil and evil replaces good. The, the, the prophet of Islam said Islam was a strange thing when it started and it will be a strange thing when it ends. And are not the Muslims look at, looked upon as strange people, strange nation, when in fact they ruled the world for 1400 years. They ruled Spain for 800 years. Yet we look upon them as aliens, strangers. That there will be divisions amongst all of the nations. The Muslim nation will not gather upon misguidance, meaning that strong parts of the Islamic society will come together and create their own country based on the Sunnah and the Quran. Everyone, so, so in other words, Muslims are looking for this to happen. They're looking for a group of Muslims that are strong enough to create a nation that is balanced and modern and, and, and not uh, uh, the, the manner of ISIS and what we saw in this recent history. That was ridiculous. It, ISIS got power of Iraq and instead of doing good things, they did uh, evil things. But you have, to, you have to admit, I mean, if someone's shooting at you, the Americans and the Russians were shooting at these people, 
I, I would think it'd be logical to shoot back. They had the right to decide what they wanted to do to their country. And if they wanted to turn it, turn it into an Islamic caliphate, then that was their choice. But the Americans and the Russians were over there and made it worse than what it was. And they did nothing for the people that have left and have been this place where no one with no place to go. If you walk through their lands, if you walk through their countries, you will smell nothing but death. Nothing but death. Because all the buildings are, are fallen down and all the people inside of them are still there and dead. The, the, reciting, the recitings of Islam, they say particularly that the Islamic sayings, the Sunnah, and the Quran, as well as the Christian apocalypse, the Christian Reve, Re, book of Reve, revelations written by St. John of Patmos and other writings taught and handed down. These will explain about the end of days. Knowledge will be raised with the death of scholars. That means that people that know about religion and faith, they will begin to be less and less upon the earth. They will begin to die and be killed and murdered and disliked and shunned by society. Every 100 years, God will send someone who will revive the Muslim nation. We call him the Mahdi. And it is believed that the Mahdi has actually come. Knowledge will be taken away from the people at the end of this time. Just as you see today, Muslims behaving in very bad ways. They are not educated Muslims. They're just indoctrinated people because an educated Muslim knows first that life, that life, that faith is the most important thing and life is the most important thing. And with those two things, God governs the earth. Many evils will occur on earth at this time. The poor will enter paradise before the rich, indicating that many of the poor will die first and in, they will die in the masses and the wealthy and the powerful, they will find ways to preserve their lives. They will hide in caves and they will hide in bunkers. They'll have medicine. They'll migrate to better places. They'll have education and training and financial resources that the poor do not have. In these times, the Mahdi, the Mahdi will arise and he will lead the Muslim nation. But he'll be known as a good man, not an evil one. Righteous people will suffer. And they will perish amongst the wrongdoers who are punished. Many trials will come upon the group of Muslims. Generations will successively deviate away from the true way of Islam. And Islam will not be what today. Islam is not today what it was during the time of the Prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon him. There will be trials and there will be tribulations that are unavoidable voidable by all nations. Mankind will be generally untrustworthy. The greatest of trials will appear from the east in the land of Persia, where right now America is debating on whether or not they're going to drop nuclear bombs upon Iran. If they drop nuclear bombs upon Iran, Russia will strike back and drop nuclear bombs upon Los Angeles. But it is, it, is, it is predicted in Islamic theology that the beginning of the end will be in the land of Persia, which is Iran. A great treasure will appear in the Arab lands, and this has already happened. 
oil was found in the 1940s. Up until the 1940s, the Arabs had no idea that oil had any value. And suddenly oil is found and it's predicted that a great treasure will appear in the Arab lands and the people will fight over it, creating mass genocide and death. And that one out of every surviving person will live and there will not be enough people to bury the dead. And the other 99 will perish from the effects of this war, fighting over the wealth of the land of what's under the Arab lands. One of the rightly guided caliphs will come at the end of time and he will be known as a good man. And he'll be loved not just by Muslims, but by all believing people. Raising of trustworthiness from the hearts will come from people. People will not be loving as they will. They will be about themselves. They will lose their connections with each other, their families and their friends and be focused on money and wealth. The living will envy the dead. A living man will walk by the grave of a dead man and wish that he were in that grave. And these trials will come upon the earth like a string of pearls where the pearls fall from the string one by one after another after another. A huge quantity of wealth will be revealed within the Arab lands and the Arabs will will trade in black camels, which is a symbol of oil, and they will they will compete and building the world's tallest buildings. And we know today that the Arabs have already tried to build the world's tallest buildings in Arabia, making that come true. And you would wonder, why would an Arab make a hadith of the end of time come true? There will be many antichrists. He will appear before the final hour. And Christ will also appear before the final hour. This is the end of the critical mass tonight.